0: He said, to the extent I desire to move through you, you must allow me to cut on you. The Leader's Cut. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Leader's Cut. As you can see, we're with one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth. I don't just say that. He is like a younger brother to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now with the paint pants on and my boomer <laughs> outfit on, he feels like the very much so baby brother right now. Yeah, he got into my truck about 20 minutes ago. I said, you are so much cooler than I am. And I feel like what my kids call me, a boomer. This is not cool. Uh, but if you don't know, and most of you do, this is Cody Carnes. And... Uh, I've wanted to have this conversation with Cody for a really long time, not because of who he has become, uh, before the whole world or who he's becoming, but really because of what I got to see while very few people were watching, Mm -hmm. I got to see God do some really amazing things. And while this might not be the uh, flashiest of titles, uh, we're going with it because it's the one mm-hmm. I've had in my heart that the Lord gave me a long time ago before uh, I even talked to Cody about doing this. Uh, and so we're going to talk about despising small beginnings. Scripture says despise not small mm-hmm. beginnings. That's in Zechariah, one of my favorite passages. And here's the deal. We talk about this from time to time. Some of you are in the field of anonymity you're in a small place but let me just tell you something Mm -hmm. there is no such thing as a small place when God is in it with you Mm -hmm. and my prayer is as you hear Cody's heart and as he shares what he has gotten to see God do that it would encourage you to be faithful in the field where God has you hidden in a plowing season Mm -hmm. because I know it's hard but I just wanted you to see I I want the young him, the young me to see, don't give up. God is on the move and he's using this season of your life to prepare you for all he wants to do next. So let's pray and we'll jump right into Mm. this cut. All right. God, thank you so much for family. Your family is the greatest family in all the earth. And it's so much fun to get to do things together with family. And so Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that, that this would be like sitting around a huge family dining room table, and we're all just gathered together, and you are at the head of the table, not Cody, not me. We are here to hear from you. So we yield ourselves, and if there's any part of our hearts or lives where we're a little bit too fleshy, Spirit of the living God, would you take this time that we are giving you right now and cut on us? Mm. Would you cut off our flesh, thereby making more room for your spirit to move in and through us? Mm. Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen.
1: Amen. All right, bro. Well, I'm already tearing up, so this is going to be great. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Other
0: than the paint pants, this is going to be really fun. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention like nine times probably because I'm, not, <laughs> I'm never I realize have
1: such, like, bro, have it's such it's an too cool. on you.
0: It's too cool. <laughs> Like I, I couldn't pull it off, and the kicks. Like I'm like, and I got Boomer AF ones on. I got Lulu. You, you, this is bad. You look great. Yeah, well. you
1: look great. You look, you look like you, man. Okay, that's, that's what I'm talking about.
0: So, so many people know you as the blessing guy yeah. as the guy with platinum records and, <laughs> and all of these things. Carrie Job's husband, Carrie and, and Job's husband, my, my greatest. That's accolade. right. The ultimate prodigy <laughs> drummer's father. That's right. Like yeah. you, you have many things you're known by, <laughs> yeah. but one of the things that I, I love about getting to be me is I got to have for a season, a front row seat to watch you mm-hmm. in a really hard field, Mm -hmm. Um, where God was doing some really deep things to prepare Mm -hmm. you for everything you're doing now. But I know that God's process for you started a lot sooner than that. Mm -hmm. So why don't you kind of take us back to the young Cody Mm -hmm. when you started to figure out there was something a little bit different about you. And I don't mean in a famous kind of way. I mean in a God's hand is on me way. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you started to figure that out?
1: Uh, First of all, I think we should paint the picture for people What it looked like when you and I were together for the first time in Scottsdale. Uh, So (laughs) you uh, just to make sure people understand the context of this humble beginnings, and then we'll get to that. (laughs) You you had the vision to plant a church in Scottsdale. We both lived in the Dallas area, and we both were at a church together there, and. Uh, you had this vision to plant this church a long time before you actually did. And uh, nine months before, about, well, no, sorry, about 18 months before you planted the church, the Lord started speaking to me and I was 21. Uh, The Lord started speaking to me about that I was supposed to move out here with you. And at the time we didn't even really know each other that well. We just, I led worship at, young adults ministry that you were leading at the time that was the extent of our relationship and um but the lord started speaking to me about moving and then you know after a, a trail of confirmations of that and me honestly reluctantly <laughs> feeling feeling like this no lord don't send me to the desert uh just but knowing that god was telling me to go i move out here at 22 and We start this church together.
0: Remember, though, how that lunch went. Do you remember how that lunch went? Oh, yeah. When we talked about this whole deal? I didn't ask you to come. You said, I feel like the Lord told me I'm supposed to come. And I'm sitting there going, does this kid know how crazy
1: he is? Like, that was one of my thoughts. Yeah. Oh, I knew that I didn't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to do it either. (laughs) But I knew that God was telling me to do it. And so we move out here. What? There was... Three or four of us on staff on in the staff. beginning. Yeah,
0: four total. Four. Yeah. And and about that many people in the church. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Do we, you remember one of the first interest meetings or when we were doing Saturday nights? Oh, yeah. Cody we was the only... Them band member yeah. at the time yep. and you literally had this is a famous moment in our church that happened multiple <laughs> times a kick drum uh-huh, you were playing the guitar and acoustic and, and a had kick a kick drum. kick drum that's right it was the most legendary it was fire too. it was it was fire <laughs> and no one had their hands raised <laughs>
1: There were like 35 people i was like yeah. what
0: we have cody and what what this is gonna be tough all. sledding
1: i was giving it my all
2: <laughs>
1: giving it my all yeah, so there's the context. Uh, this This is a this is a relationship that has we've spent a lot of time together. We go way back. Uh, so, okay, so to answer your question, uh, what is what is that moment? Those moments feel like. I mean, I I um hmm. I, I think my my brain initially goes to when I started when I started leading worship. Uh, I was 15. Um, and I grew up in a small Baptist church in West Texas. And, uh, I remember when the opportunity came to, to get to lead worship for my youth group, you know, a handful of kids. And I remember, um, those moments at the, at the time I, I grew up playing music. So, I, you know, I was, I was kind of the the kid that led worship because I was the only one that could play guitar and sing at the same time. You know what I mean? That's that's you're like, next man up. There's only one. <laughs> and uh, but I remember that that time, those times of leading worship being very significant, very special. Um, really understanding what it meant for the spirit of God to walk in a room when you're singing worship songs.
0: So you were 15 and, when
1: yeah. Wow. Fifteen leading worship, 30 kids in my youth group they were all, they all became like my best friends in high school. We were very close together. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, there was a lot of moments in those, those days. Uh, I remember growing up in uh, you know, it was a very like conservative Southern Baptist church. I remember leading in like big church for the first time or those times in high school when I would get to lead like, you know, in the big Sunday service. And, uh, I remember there being moments, you know, seeing people lift their hands for the first time and being moments where it's like, Whoa, like spirit of God is in this little conservative Southern mm. Baptist church. And that was rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, you know, some, the, just those moments of, like I said, just, just knowing what it what it's like for, for God to be in the room, um, and just understanding what that, what that what that felt like and and uh having an understanding of of those moments and um you know i I developed a relationship with the Lord in those days um where i, I was learning to hear his voice especially when it pertained to what i was what I was doing like as far as leading worship and playing music um uh the lord was very i mean the the god as a god as a father was very became very clear to me very early on, uh, his voice, uh, what it, what it sounded like when he was, you know, um, uh, leading me as I was leading people or, you know, what it sounded like when I, when I got done leading worship and he would say, I'm so proud of you. You, you did everything I asked you to do. And, um, you know, just, just feeling like the, um, I guess feeling like the smile of the mm, father the pleasure of God. Yeah. In those early years. Um, so I just, you know, that was really the time that I, I really started, to, started to understand, man, like the presence of God is real. And, um, and, and I can, you know, I can use my, the gift of music that God's given me and I can, I can worship him with it and I can lead other people into worship with it. And, um, Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really where I just fell in love with all of it. You know,
0: when you were 15 or, or maybe a better way to say it is, how old were you the first time you, you started to realize, you know, I think when we're, we're young, a lot of us just have the thought, Oh, I'm going to do big things when I grow up, you Mm -hmm. know, but how old were you when you started to have the thought, I think the Lord's asked me and created me to, to steward some fairly sizable responsibilities as I get older in my Mm -hmm. life. How, how old were you when you started to get a little bit of a realization?
1: That's a good question. Of the Um, scope of your call. That probably happened. My, my brain initially goes to when I was like 19. Uh, It might've, it might've been some of that in high. I mean, I definitely had big dreams in, in high school years. I had, I don't know if it if it was like an understanding of a God was asking sure. me to do big things. I definitely had big dreams though. And so maybe it started there. The seeds probably started there, but I think about 19 was the time that 19 was when I actually fully surrendered to God asking me to um, serve the church. And that was after uh, I graduated high school. I moved to the Dallas area. I started going to gateway Um, it was right around that time that I was kind of chasing some other musical avenues at the time and just really felt strongly that the Lord was saying, Hey, I I don't want you to chase those things. I want you to, I want you to surrender to like serving the church, being a worship leader. And, um, and I think that's, that's around the time that I started to really kind of see that and, you know, understand, I feel like I had, um, I feel like my high school years and 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 it didn't stop after high school. it actually ha- hasn't stopped it's I still do this, but I feel like especially my high school years was like David in the field slinging rocks, you know, and by the time I got to 19, 20, 21, time I moved out here, um you know i i had a I had enough of a confidence in all of the all the moments I had led worship slinging rocks, you know week in and week out for four years yep. um and how much I was doing in 19, 20 and 21, I was leading worship so much. I had enough confidence to go, okay, I, I understand um, what God has gifted me to do. I understand mm-hmm. what he's kind of put before me, um, you know? And so when I stepped into it at 19, uh, the only thing holding me back from saying yes was I didn't think I could write a worship song because I had tried. Really? Yes. I had tried. <laughs> And at 19, you think, I've tried, you know. Yeah, it's over. It's over. I'm not meant for uh, it. But I, yeah, I didn't think I tried to write worship songs. I tried to write them in high school and for my youth group. They were always terrible, very cheesy. They are awful. And and I, and I was, I, I did have some sort of traction in writing other kinds of music. And so, you know, when God's saying, I want you to straight to the church, I'm th- my first thought is like, I'm going to have to sing everybody else's songs all the time. Like, that's going to be really lame, you know. Wow and the night i surrendered to god asking me to serve the church and i quit the band i was in the next morning i start writing this worship song god gives me this chorus and this bridge just like like that and and i'm i'm thinking okay like that actually is that actually might be pretty good and i and i, t- I actually was leading at church that day i took i take it to church and i play it in the green room for the team I'm like, tell me if this is they're like, that's really good. Like you should just throw it in the set today. Like just tag it somewhere. And I remember tagging it that day, and just the room responded, and it was just this moment. And I just thought, that's really crazy because uh just yesterday, I I I know, I I actually know I can't do that. And I I got this understanding very early on that God will just, he'll just drop those songs. At the moments that he wants to, and it was like basically God teaching me, um, i'm gonna give you everything you need. I'm gonna supply everything you need. um I just need you to obey. I need you to <laughs> obey first. you know if I look down if I look down and I have this tool belt full of tools and and I think oh i could I could do this i could I could do what God's asking me to do. That's actually not how it works. God wants you to say. I don't actually know how this is going to work, but I know that you're asking me to do this. So I'm just going to I'm just going to say yes. And then it was literally the next morning. He's like, "Okay, here you go. Everything you need." And and every song I've written now to this point has been the same way. Nothing's changed. It's these moments of all right, like I'm showing up today, I'm saying yes, um the spirit of God walks in the room and uh, I don't I don't know I don't know why it's like that sometimes and why it's not, because not every song is like that. I don't know. But the times that it does happen, I've just learned to recognize, okay, this is one of those moments. And the Lord is here, and I'm just gonna do my best not to mess it up. And I don't know why he chooses to do this. I don't know why he uses me, why he trusts me with this, but great. I'm gonna do my best <laughs> to. <laughs> to make this everything that I feel like it needs to be, I'm gonna give everything I have to it, you know? Um, yeah, nothing's changed.
0: So you're 20, what are you, 21, when you get to Gateway, 20?
1: I, I was 19. 19, 19? I okay. was 19, yeah.
0: So you spent two years there?
1: <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. Almost th- three. About, yeah, three, basically. Yeah, okay, yeah. three years there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and you started, I mean, I remember you were playing, when you first showed up at Gateway, you were playing bass, for different bands, you were doing different oh, yeah. things. I mean, you were just serving everything.
1: Yeah, right. I was the guy that never declined on planning center. I gave <laughs> they loved me. They loved me instantly. Cause I was just this kid who, yeah, it's I so did, great. I didn't, uh, I, had a, I had a job apart from playing music. I had a job for three months in retail when I first moved there and then it, and then the, uh, it all fell through. Like the economy crashed and everything I got, I got let go. And I instantly just kind of went into like, okay, I've got to figure this out. And the Lord just provided so much in that season. It's crazy to think about now, really, like I actually don't know how I made it. I just did, like God just provided it. And so I was just, I was, you know, saying yes to everything I could at that time. And a lot of it was serving at church. And so, yeah, I, and I I grew up learning all kinds of instruments. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I can play bass. I can play keys, I can play guitar. I can, I don't, I never played drums, but I could play drums. Um, and anyway, so it was just like every time I got a request, it was like, "Yep, I'll be there." And I just loved it. I loved serving. I still do. I love serving the church. Um, I love just being there. I was kind of a, I was kind of a quiet guy. Like everyone, they used to always make fun of me how mysterious I was. You know, just like, "What? It, who are you?" Kind of thing. You yeah. know, I would just come in and serve, and and you know, I didn't.
0: But they expect someone with with as much talent as you. And I think this has been true of you probably most of your life. People expect someone with your level of talent and anointing to roll differently.
1: Just walk in with paint
0: pants? <laughs> uh, it's, it's an attitude of paint pants. <laughs> Whatever the cool attitude on the inside, the fleshly attitude <laughs> yeah. is, that's what people expect. That someone yeah. with your talent and anointing mm-hmm. would roll in a little louder, a mm-hmm. little look at me, you know, yeah. and you... I got to watch it you you when we got out here you went and served other churches playing yeah you know i mean you literally you were a worship leader at our church Mm -hmm. yet you were going and helping other churches Mm -hmm. you know just serving other people in the valley yeah it's no one expects somebody like that to roll like that Mm. and to hear you say listen it, it was a season season of always say yes yeah I was in a serving season (laughs) Mm -hmm. and not that you haven't Mm -hmm. you know that you've stopped serving yeah but there are seasons where god just says hey i only want to hear yes right now yeah just i've got you in a process Mm -hmm. i want you to say yes so you spend three years there you start climbing Mm. i mean everybody at gateway i remember back in the day you started to quickly grow a reputation Mm. and it wasn't just for your talent it was for your unbridled anointing So here you are at one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Mm. Gateway was exploding at the time. It, it, was, it was the hottest thing since sliced bread in, <laughs> in the Metroplex. And here you're some 20-year-old kid mm. who came out of small town Texas. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're probably climbing faster than anybody. Mm. And now God's telling you, I want you to leave all of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at the time it was probably 14 fifteen thousand Yeah. yeah uh,
1: well and i and i was i was traveling with carrie full time
0: and you were traveling with carrie so she's going worldwide so a
1: year a year and a half before i moved to scottsdale uh similar thing i was just i was just this quiet kid that just was there and i served and i did what i was supposed to do and and i loved it it was there was there was joy in just saying yes to all that and i and i, I, I i'll say this too because i feel like this is important i I always had an understanding that God would promote, and and I, I and I guess I I guess the better way to say it, I always had an understanding that if I tried to promote myself, it actually would work against me. That's the better way to say it. I didn't know what God was going to do, but I knew that I had I couldn't go the route of trying to promote myself. That actually would would it would just work against me. That's not that's not how it works. It, I realized the, that if God was going to promote me, it would be way better for him to do it. Mm. It's way better. And, and I think, I still think this about other people that I have a relationship with, other people that I see that are just, they're just serving and they, they, are, they are not self-promoting. And every time you see them be faithful and every time you see them crush it, you're like, I, I love this. Right. I've seen you now four, five, six times in a row Absolutely, come prepared and crush it. And you actually are extremely talented, and you're you're really playing it down, or you're just not playing it at all. Really, right. not even playing it down. You're just not playing it at all, and that is so. That's such an attractive thing. And I, I just because I just think that's just how I think God. That's the that that is David literally. Where is the son that's not even here? You know, right? And that's just how that's how he works. So I just I just had that understanding. I don't know how, but I just did. And so basically, yeah, a year and a half before I move out here, one weekend I'm I'm on the worship team and Carrie's leading and we didn't really know each other. We had met a couple of times and she, she said, hey, uh, Cody, can I talk to you for a second between services? And I was like, yeah. And we sat down on the couch in the green room and she's like, hey, um, I just really, I just wanna ask you, I really want to have someone in my band that can help me lead worship. And I I really feel like the Lord said that you're the guy for it. And so what what do you think about just being a part of my band, coming on the road with me, you know? And I was, you know, I'm like 20 years old. I'm like uh yeah. That sounds like a dream. I would love to do that, you know? And so it was like I started like 3 weeks later and for all of 20, 2011 I traveled with her when everywhere she went I led worship with her a lot um the songs that I was the songs that I I actually started I actually started writing that's when I started writing like somewhat significant songs I would say I actually wrote my first significant song 2 weeks before my first hmm. uh you know my first travel date with Carrie yeah. and and I led it that first weekend cuz she had heard it or <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> somehow she had heard it or something. Um, she's like, Will you leave that song you know you wrote tonight? I'm like, Yeah, I taught it to the band and it just it went off, you know? And so it basically we started that relationship. So, yes, to, to your point, we I traveled with her an entire year. And during that year is when God started speaking to me about moving to Scottsdale with you. And so yeah, I'm done, I'm had this tension of, yes, I it's like I could almost, I almost like foresaw my my uh, my dreams going. Oh, okay, great. Like I'm traveling with Carrie now, and I'm now I'm starting to write these songs, and we're singing right. them at church, and right. they're, like, they're one of the
0: biggest churches in the country, one of the biggest yeah. Christian worship artists in the world. So
1: it's like, oh, naturally, like I'm gonna do this it's for happening. a little while, and it. then I'm gonna move to Nashville and I'm yeah. become a star. <laughs> you know, you like you immediately get those. Like you just start to make your own track, right? And so when Scottsdale came into the picture, it was the most hard left turn to me because one, I was gonna have to stop traveling with Carrie before I wanted to, before she wanted to. She cried when I left. And and two, I definitely, I'm not going somewhere I didn't know a single person, didn't have any friends, all my family was in Texas, all my friends, at this rich community. Now you're asking me to go somewhere I don't know anybody and I'm living by myself for the first time. And I mean, it was just wild, you know? Um,
0: how, how would, what's a, what's a word you'd use to describe? And we, we, people probably, even if you use a really harsh word, it's <laughs> people don't understand like we're, we're brothers. <laughs> so it's not, and, and I live through it. So it's not like, what's a word you would use <laughs> to describe other than hell? What? and amazing things happen, but I'm talking about for you and what God, the deep work God was doing in you that was excruciating and seemed like constant surgery. How, what, how would you describe a word that
1: season oh man oh well which which I, I feel like you could break the Scottsdale three years I was here up into about five different seasons really yeah for sure so I would say my first let's talk about my first six months my first six months was hell yeah it was my first six months was me dying really for the first time in my life um, now death happens all the time, yeah <laughs> <laughs> over and over it was just now I one. know how it feels I lay down all right, you don't ever fight it now be offense, yeah, I get it. I know no. I'm gonna be better for well, it back then, though, we fought it for months no back back then, <laughs> yeah, back then, I was dying for the first time. I'm literally in an apartment I didn't love <laughs> by myself for the first time in a city I don't know. <laughs> That's just full of dirt. I remember just thinking, like, this city's just full of dirt. Now I love it. It's one of my favorite. I think it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Uh, but at the time, I was like, this city's just full of dirt and cactus. I'm out here by myself. I don't know anybody. I'm in an apartment, I, and so it was like, and I was having to lay down all of my dreams. I felt like the Lord said, "I need you to give me all that, and and I need you, I need you to give me it as if you never get it back again." just like literally lay it all down like let it let it all go basically and yeah it was it was a it was it was a hard 6 months um but i remember when the moment by you know little by little i would lay it down it wasn't like this big moment it was little by little over 6 months and i kind of remember when i finally felt the release of all right like people would ask me yeah. You know, how long you be in Scottsdale? What what's your what's your five year plan? I'm like, I don't know. I'm here as long as the Lord has me here. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, I'm probably here like 20 years. For God. sure.
0: I mean it was I, like, you you always had that vibe. Yeah. I mean, I never felt even though I knew you were going through a hard time. Yeah. I never felt like you were looking elsewhere yeah. and you were No. It's like, Lord, if you ask me to die here many yeah. years from now, I will.
1: hundred percent. And it was just it was until you until you even say you until something else. You left. And so, you yeah. know,
0: I feel like even when yeah. we had the conversation that I initiated about you leaving, yeah, it, it was at first, like I hadn't even thought about leaving right now.
1: hundred percent. You know? Yeah. So, um, but then once I, once I, once I laid all that down, once I died, literally like just like, uh, at, at that point, the season really started to return for me. It really started to become, all right, this is where I'm at. This is where the Lord has me. Um, I feel like at that point I was kind of inundated with friends and relationships. I was really loving, like beginning to love what was happening at the church and, um, beginning to just understand like, this is where I'm at. And I'm just gonna, I I was already all in, just not really, I was kind of mad about being all in. Now I'm all in and I'm, I'm, I'm settled in it all. Mm -hmm. Just like trusting that. The Lord just is going to, he has me and he's going to have me until he tells me to do something else. Like, I'm just going to be faithful with where he has me. Do you yeah. remember
0: one of the sweeter moments between you and the Lord during that hard time? Like, is there anything that comes to mind, whether it was on stage or in your apartment?
1: Um, hmm. Oh, I want to just pick a good one, but um Oh,
0: no, I, I mean, I'll, I'll there's, tell you. I mean, thing. there's a lot. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to pick like the good I'll one. I'll
0: tell you one thing I remember. Um, this was not in the first year, but um, I remember there was a, a moment. I don't know if you remember this. The power went off. Yeah. Remember that?
1: Yeah, that was awesome.
0: And it went pitch black. Mm-hmm. We had just moved into this building uh every time you touch the microphone you would get electrocuted you'd get shocked (laughs) you know it was yeah that was it was so bad the power goes out it's pitch black they open up the back doors to try and let some light in some people turn their phones on there's no sound equipment that's working Mm -hmm. and it's in the middle of your set Mm -hmm. and
1: we're singing great i am i remember hallelujah i remember
0: sitting in the front row watching it go down because when it first got dark as a senior pastor you're you're going okay what do we do you start thinking logistically and you doubled down and you were i just remember thinking he is louder without the mic than he was with the mic (laughs) and i just remember the lord coming into that ugly room that had so many issues it's pitch black no one could hardly see anything And yet the spirit of God walked in to that place. Mm -hmm. And it it was just one of the sweetest Mm -hmm. moments where it was like we had the two of us had been through hell Mm -hmm. for twenty like people don't understand how Mm -hmm. hard it was to leave everything to to start from scratch to not know anybody out Mm -hmm. here. And then that moment (laughs) in in this Mm -hmm. main manger, you know, a barn. Yeah. And the lights go out. And I was, I'm just sitting there, standing there in the front row, and I felt the Lord go, Preston, you remember the time I told you, I don't want you to be an eyes open church. I want you to be an eyes closed church. Mm. I turned the lights on. Mm. And I just started crying. And I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at you, and I said to the Lord, out of all the people who could have been with me to steward power going off, Lord, mm. that you have him up there. Leading this extremely holy moment, and anyone who was there, mm-hmm. Cody, I guarantee you, they'll never forget that moment mm-hmm. it was just that holy mm-hmm. and unexpected
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it just it, it it let me know I mean, you had gone through the wilderness galore, mm-hmm. and yet your heart stayed so pure mm-hmm. because if it if it hadn't have stayed pure, you couldn't have stewarded moments like that mm-hmm. where everything hit the fan, yeah, and yet you just went oh
1: no, no, yeah.
0: We're going even further,
1: yeah, I think what happened and I have a I have a cool story about that moment. I think what happened is, um once I laid everything down, I kept coming back to the understanding that just God is good, and he he has me, He has a plan for me, He has good things for me that every season is intentional by God. It's not like he just puts you out there and, you know, all right, go figure it out. And, and no, like God is, everything is intentional and he is close and he is He is like the master chess player, mm. you know, just like, and so I I just, I think what this season, this season did so much for me. I mean, this is where my roots went down real deep, real, real deep in my life. And, and, and that's, that's an important, that is, that is the importance of anonymity is your roots have to go down deep before anything can be built on top. It's great. You've got to have a strong root system and that can only happen when you're hidden. It can only happen in anonymity. It's, it and it happens when you're hidden in a season of anonymity. It happens when you're hidden in the secret place in your, in your life. Yeah. It's like those are the places where those roots go down deep. So you gotta have a root system. And that, that's really what Scottsdale was for me, those three years. It was my root system. But um I forgot where I was what I was saying. Uh yeah. So I I just had an understanding that this season was intentional. That's what yeah. God taught me. Yeah. And once I once I understood that and I just relaxed because yeah, it was still hard. Yeah, you know, but I just knew, you know what? This is a this is a very important part of my life. I don't know exactly what that means yet. But I know that I'm going to look back and see it, and it's 100 percent what I see now. and I think part that what, what connects to that is what's interesting, and this is just kind of like a this is an above surface fruit of the uh, the uh, the right. below surface the roots. roots kind of yep. thing. But you know what happened um, 2016, so I, at this point I just moved to Nashville, I'm on my first like big tour in 2016. And I remember it. we're in St. Louis, we're at an amphitheater, there's 20,000 people there. And um, in the middle of our set, the power goes out. And it I didn't budge. I unplugged my guitar. I got as close to the front, and 20,000 people in amphitheater. Right. I got as close to the front of the stage as I could. And whatever song we were, I can't remember, I think, I think I went into like, here I'm the worshiper. I went into something that people would know. Yeah. And just started ripping it, just hope just trying to get the front section to sing, and then sure enough, Lead the front section else. sings the whole section sings. twenty thousand people no sound are singing this. and you know what I'm thinking? Scott still yeah it, it it's like i I'm thinking about oh i've I've been here before. I've slung this rock hmm. like I, I know what this is like no big deal, and like i said that's that's a that's like a you know. That's just a little fraction of fruit that means a lot more than just right I, I was you know unplugged my guitar and played that. It means that in this season, and I remember you giving me this analogy when I was here, and it I, it still sticks with me I, and I've said it a couple of times in this podcast already, but there is such a significance when when David took out the lion and took out the bear, he took that out in anonymity
2: mm-hmm.
1: he took it out when no one knew him as David no one King. Was watching. God is the only one that knew him as David. Right. David, that will be king. Right. No one knew him as that. He was the forgotten son. He was the runt. Mm-hmm. He was the. And and I love you. You always used to. I remember used to say, um, like I know that David was like just out there slinging rocks, practicing, setting up things to shoot at. You know, there's no way that he can take out a lion and a bear without a ton of practice slinging. There's no way that he goes up. Obviously, the power of God was in his in his slingshot and for in sure. the stone. But at the same time, he has to know how to sling that he thing. He had to be prepared to throw it. He had to know. And to step up with that much confidence. And so that that's that's what that this season was for me. And I think that applies to any any season of anonymity, any small beginning, any one thing you want to talk about. It's like there's so much intentionality in it. And there's there's so much that God wants to do in your root system to prepare you for things you don't even know up ahead, you know? And um, yeah. And that's, that's what the season was for me.
0: What what would you say to somebody who's in a similar season where they're off the radar deep down, they feel at some point God's going to ask them to steward something that's more on the radar, not for the sake of fame, but for influence and, and building the kingdom, but they're not there now and they're frustrated about where they are. And quite possibly, one of the things the enemy is trying to take from them is the purity of their heart. One of Mm -hmm. the fastest ways to lose the purity of your heart is in frustration and bitterness. Mm -hmm. Bitterness is the easiest way Mm -hmm. to bring toxicity into a pure heart. So Mm -hmm. what would you say to someone who right now the enemy is attacking them to try and bring toxicity to their pure heart? Mm -hmm. What would you say to them to fight to keep the purity of their heart. How? Mm. How did you do it? You could have gone sideways, bro. I
1: mean, it's... I just... I just... I, I think I just had an under, like I said, I had an understanding that I was I was just putting daily trust in in the Lord and I had an understanding that he had me I had an understanding that um I had a relationship with him where I I just I knew I knew that I knew that he was close I knew that he saw me I knew that whatever he had whatever he had me in right then um uh was was what I needed and and i you know and looking back in hindsight the the purity of heart is the that's the prize that you protect right. it's it's not worth it's not worth losing a pure heart to gain something uh of accolade or notoriety or it's not i mean it's not worth it you you will you will gain it and realize that you lost the diamond mm. you lost the prize and it's not fulfilling and you have to protect the purity so i think what it, what are practically those practices repentance mm. that's the biggest <laughs> just repentance uh understanding that I'm daily understanding that I'm broken. I need the Lord. Uh, I, I, I sin. I, I, I have, you know, I have moments of pride and I have moments of, um, uh, doing things in my own strength. And I have moments of, uh, where I buy into the enemy trying to get me to judge people and trying to think, you know, I have to, I have to constantly just, Oh Lord, I, I'm so sorry. That's, I'm not meant to Uh, Without you, I'm nothing. Like I, you know, I need you. I'm so sorry that I, I, I judge my brother when I have, you know, I, I, I have the same, you know, I've got the plank in my own eye, you know, and just that those those moments of just like repentance, um, and and I, I, you know, and now I feel like I'm 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 living in that more than I ever have. Just a a understanding of trying to take all those thoughts captive, Mm. trying to. Um, you know, just recognize i i'm I'm just become so aware of just my need for the Lord and the the brokenness and that's not like a depressing I'm broken and sad, and I hang my head low it's it's just a recognition of I just Lord, I need you, and you're so good that thank you for for giving me this grace and thank you for thank you for not condemning, thank you for um, just being close and speaking into my heart and leading me and guiding me and all those things. And so, um, yeah, it's. Yeah.
0: You have hindsight now, uh, you've been gone from Scottsdale, what, eight years?
1: Yeah. 2015. Yeah. So
0: eight years, looking back at that three year season with hindsight, if the Lord backed you into a corner and said, I, I want you to give an answer, what was the number one reason you think God had to take you through the valley of Scottsdale, the desert of Scottsdale, before he took you to the field, not just of Nashville, but that, that represents something, but the field of what you're stewarding today mm-hmm. and tomorrow? With hindsight, yeah. why do you think he had to send you through because death is a part of daily living, following Jesus. So it's yeah. it's not just that. like what do you, what do you think is why
1: was I, I just I realize now there there's so much that I had to learn in this season. There was a maturing that happened. There's so much that God did to to teach me, um, leadership to teach me, just be like becoming. Uh, really learning how to hear his voice really learning how to uh how to rely on him in like a desert season how to rely on him and 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 how how he sustains and how he how there's there's joy in the joy of the lord is my strength and like a lot of the a lot of those those maturity principles in scripture really really is this is where I learned them. And I didn't really even necessarily know I was learning them. And and then but in hindsight, I realized, oh man, like I would have if I would have had my own way, I would have jumped tried to jump into the season of my life. The next season after I left here is, you know, what what did I do? I I I started, you know, making music and records and doing what I'm doing now. You know, that was the next season that that started. So, but I would have jumped into that season, uh, very immature, very premature, Hmm. way too early. Um, Because I just thought, oh, that's obviously just, that's the next thing for me, you know? And I think the Lord just very clearly just needed me to come here. And it was just, like I said, it was where these roots went down really deep. And, um, you know, I mean, I reference this season all the time, just in my in my thoughts of you know when something comes up, how do I you know I need I need wisdom? How do I how do I do this or how to do that? Or it's like, oh, I learned that in Scottsdale. I learned that I learned that in the field. I learned that out. You know, I know how to do that. Like I know how to you know. Um, And so it really was it it was just that. Like I I couldn't have stepped into the season I'm in now without this season it would have crushed me I would I would have gone up to the giant and just felt like I've never seen this before mm. you know versus going up to the giant and being like you scary but I have seen this we've been before here. we've been here and I know how I know how big my god is mm-hmm. and I know that I just if I just worship and if I just sling my stones Like he does his thing and okay, like no big deal.
0: I love that you connected immaturity and prematurity. Mm. And I had the thought when you were saying it, as long as I am immature, everything will be premature. Mm. If I try and take any step forward into what God's created me to do, as long as I'm walking in immaturity, Mm. everything I do is going to be premature. Mm. I'm going to do it before I'm ready. Yeah. Until we allow the Lord to do that deep work, Uh, and I think that's why I I reference—I'm still in Scottsdale, but I reference those first three years all the time Mm -hmm. because I think it was maybe one of the deepest works the Lord has ever Mm. done in me. Yeah, you know, yeah, it it was a very prolonged season of surgery. Mm. Like when younger guys ask me, "How would you describe your first couple years in Scottsdale?" I just say it was a very prolonged season of surgery Mm. and I feel like they had to revive me yeah with paddles six or seven times I I died Mm. and died and died and when I thought I had died enough I died again Mm. and you learn the beauty in an upside down kingdom death is what precedes life Mm -hmm. and so I I look at you know everything God did in us in those days was to help prepare us yeah. for much bigger giants, Yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, that seem a lot easier than those giants did mm. those first three years. Yeah. That was intimidating. Yeah. I mean, we got dropped in the deep end of the spiritual pool. Yeah. Those first couple years. But now we're both fighting some, f- some fairly sizable giants mm. and, and it's like, ah, yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing God take out. Yeah. Stuff like this. and. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I value those first three years so much. hundred percent. You know, they're a gift God gave me. Yeah. And I think it's important for you if you're in a desert season right now. Uh, don't just hear the advice, despise not small, small beginnings. Despise not the desert. Mm. Because some of God's best work is done on the backside of the mountain. Mm. And I'm hoping it's what you're seeing in Cody. Because that had to happen before all of this could happen. And everything God is walking you through right now is a test. It's a test. And if you, in frustration and bitterness and anger towards the Lord, just give half of yourself to this test, let me just tell you from experience, we know it's just gonna take longer. Mm. So work to get wherever you need to get in your heart. This test doesn't need to take forever but it can,
2: Mm.
0: it can take a lot longer than it has, but it doesn't need to. There's no egg timer for the desert. There's a work God is trying to do to prepare you for the work he wants to do through you. Mm. But before he can work through you, you have to let him do the work in you. Mm. So now I, I have a couple questions about where you are now. Because you're, I, I've said this a couple of times on the pod. I, you're one of my favorite people to study <laughs> from afar and up close. Um, because I'm getting to watch you be on the ride of a lifetime. You and Carrie. And I don't know how you've pulled this off. But you seem to me to be even sweeter and pure on the stage you're on now than you Mm. were when i knew you 10 years ago and i Mm. don't even know how you pulled it off so i'm not trying to put you on the spot Mm. but i don't even care about these people right now (laughs) i want to know for me cody how i I know you're human i'm not trying but how how are you able to still walk with that humility Mm. and purity of heart and God bless you the way that he is and divinely enable you the way that he has and is. Mm. What in the world? H- how has it happened?
1: Hmm. Um, I don't really know. I mean, you know, I think about, you know, we made the joke about, now I die all the time. uh, But I, I think about that there, 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 there are, there have been a uh, kind of roller coaster up and ups and downs, not really ups and downs, but more so, uh, you know, um, the temptation to be prideful and, uh, to let that stuff kind of creep in and to let it kind of stack up on my heart and, and then the Lord coming in and just cutting it off and doing that heart surgery. And I feel like it happens uh a lot or or seasons that i've been i've been frustrated at unmet expectations uh and the lord coming in and just Mm. heart surgery nothing else was heart surgery moment of unmet expectations and frustrations that i had stacked up in my heart i didn't even really realize (laughs) and i step into a writing room one day and the lord just walks in the room as he does and all of a sudden I'm in the middle of an encounter with God where God is just doing this heart surgery and, and it just, it set me free. Been a different person ever since then. I just went through another heart surgery, uh, four months ago where there was just, uh, the, the, the enemy was very subtly just getting in and making me believe that, uh, I had to sustain all of this and I had to, and if, you know, if I didn't self-promote, no one would know. And if I didn't, uh, if I didn't like just grind and grind and grind, then uh, my family wouldn't have what it needs. It's all those little things, all those. And, and the Lord just set me up for heart surgery. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't even know I was going, I didn't even want it. Didn't even, I was very, we talked about this a little bit today. You know, I was very, just closed off to the moment, to be honest, very, just like, I don't know, like, you know, these people are prophesying over me. I was like, I don't know these people. I don't trust them. And I get home that night and the Lord's like, hey, I know that you just, you're in a mood basically, but I just want you to know, like, that was, that was some heart surgery. And it was powerful because I realized like, I, I didn't, and I, I don't, theologically, you know, we could have a cold conversation about this. My experience was I, I didn't even, I didn't even do anything to receive it. Or like God was just like, Hey, I'm just gonna deal with this. I care so much about all this. I care so much about you and your heart. I'm just gonna deal with this. And he goes in without, with me being like this, he goes in and does his heart surgery. And and then with a few, with a, with a mentor, couple mentors coming along, God sending them at the right time, right after that, speaking some things, prophesying over me. It was just, it was literally like a couple days of just God just setting me free of all that junk. And so, you know, it's just, God's just been really faithful. My wife is a massive reason why those things happen. She, you should ask her this question. Cause she's, I wanna know how she does it. Cause I don't, I, I rarely see her struggle with any sort of, any of this stuff but she's so good with me to help me recognize it and give me grace for those moments. And the Lord is so faithful to come in and just convict, which the conviction of the Lord is so beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's, it's God doing that. It's God going, hey, I care about you. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I see. So why don't you just let me tell you what's going on so you can just get it out and let me help you. That's what the conviction of the Lord is. Mm. It's not this, you're wrong and you're right. bad and ugh. It's like, no, just, can I do some surgery real fast? Yeah. He's laying on the table, comes in, does some surgery. You wake up and you're like, whoa, I feel like I could run a marathon, <laughs> you know? Just like, I feel so free. And so, so, you know, it's, and then, and then two, the more, the more that you get a taste for the presence of God, the presence of god is holy mm. it is a refining fire and the more that the more that you're in it the more that you experience it you it's like all of a sudden all of your all of your um what do they call it when they when they burn the impurities all of your impurities they just come to the surface and it's like oh man like I don't want that. I want, I want this, and so it's just it's an appetite yeah. for the presence of God, and all of my accolades and things I could gain on the earth pale in comparison. Yeah, right? Like, but I don't know that. I don't know that until I'm, I'm practicing the present. I'm practicing. Being in the presence of God, I don't yeah. know that and unless I'm in the secret place. and there has been there have been seasons in the last six, seven, eight years where I've been in the secret place in a season, and then I really haven't been in a season, right. And I haven't been practicing it. and those seasons are drastically different. And that's when sure. that's when the enemy can easily kind of absolutely and he, it's so subtle, little by little by little by little, by little, by little by little. But how good is the Lord that all that could stack up over time? And then it gets to a point where he just comes in and goes, okay, in a moment, in right. a snap, gone. Oh, and it's repentance and it's, oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I want to be free. Like, forgive me. You know,
0: for me, pride is one of the evidences that it's been too long since I was in his presence Yeah, for a sustained period of time. Yeah. Because for me, I feel like when I go in to be with him, I'm always reminded of Isaiah 40. God sits above the circle of the earth and the people below are like grasshoppers to him. Mm. And I have this sense, every time I go in to be with him alone, that it's I go into what I call little boy mode. And it's like I walk in like a grasshopper and you, you just look up and it's, it's like your, your neck gets so strained mm-hmm. because he's so big mm. and I am not. Mm how could I ever be arrogant? How could the grasshopper ever be arrogant Mm -hmm. compared Mm -hmm. to the one who sits above the circle of the earth and holds the universe in its place with a word?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so for me, pride, I know Mm -hmm. pride is a, is one of those boxes where I just go, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit out of my rhythm Yeah, and I need to get in. Yeah. um, Because the second I go in, yeah. accolades mean nothing mm. when they're placed next to the crown
2: yeah
0: is yeah my accolades you're at they mean nothing cody mm. and to your point it's one of the things i love so much about carrie carrie seems about as detached from her success <laughs> as any human i've ever met in my mm-hmm. life almost like she is completely unaware <laughs> and to the point she couldn't care less yeah about what goes on outside of her secret place with the Lord her <laughs> home with the boys and you yeah and that's I feel like we just we sleep better when we walk like that mm-hmm. we, we it's just a cleaner way mm-hmm. to live yeah but to your point it starts in his presence mm-hmm. that is the calibrator yeah you
2: know yeah yeah
0: everything gets harder without him right everything gets scarier Mm -hmm. when you're not next to him yeah it's like we could go down the laundry list of why why press and remind me again why Mm -hmm. i would not consistently spend alone time Mm -hmm. with him yeah and you take off heavy weights and you cut on things on sicknesses in my heart that Mm -hmm. i don't even want there yeah that sometimes i don't even realize are there yeah this is the beauty of his presence yeah but I think you learn. I'm convinced one of the reasons God takes us through the desert, where it seems like He strips everything away from us, mm. is so we will see the value mm. of Him,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the value that is Him. Mm-hmm. There is nothing else
2: mm-hmm.
0: pun intended. <laughs> nothing else. Yeah, that compares to me, Preston. Yeah, and so even if I have to take everything away from you. Mm-hmm. I just want you to find me Mm. and this is getting in your way and this is getting in your way. So I'm going to take you through a hard season where I'm going to remove that stuff from you. Yeah. But I need you to know why. And Mm. you said it, it's a sweet tone in his voice. It's not angry. Mm -hmm. It's not, why is this getting in between us? Yeah, it's This is getting in between us Mm. and I don't want anything to come between you and me. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you through a bit of a hard season where I take this away from you. Yeah. Now Preston, I'm going to give it back to you at some point.
2: Mm.
0: This isn't about that. Yeah. I want you to go into this as though you'll never get it back.
2: Yeah. You said it. That's right.
0: I want you to find me Mm. in this desert. Yep. And if you come out of this desert knowing Mm. I found him, Preston, Cody, there's nothing you can do
2: Mm.
0: on the other side of the desert. There is no giant. Yeah. That you can't face. Yeah. If you found him Mm -hmm. in the secret place of the desert while no one was watching.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're all, we're all chasing the, the satisfaction that only happens in his presence. We're designed, we're designed to chase after that satisfaction. It's just that we believe the lie that it can be found in every other place except for his presence, except for relationship. And God created, God does everything. The 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 end-all goal, I believe, is God wants relationship with us. He wants to be close. So he uses everything. Sometimes he uses a desert to strip everything else away. So it's just me and him. Sometimes he uses good things. Mm-hmm. He uses literally everything to what is his what is his end-all goal? That's why he doesn't give us a five-year plan. That's why he doesn't give us a a two-day plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is today? Yeah. He doesn't give us tomorrow's manna. What is today's? Why? Because he wants you to come back to him tomorrow. <laughs> I'll give you tomorrow's manna. My man. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you the next season. I'll tell you when you're supposed to leave Scottsdale. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when you're supposed to step into that place. And here we are just trying to beat down our own doors and we're hustling. And like, we think we got to have, we think we got to have figure it out, fend for ourselves. You do not have to fend for yourself. God sees you, he has you, and you will really understand that if you'll just get in his presence. You'll see how much he sees you. So you'll, you'll know that you're good. And you do not have to force the next season, Force the doors open. You can, and I think God allows us to if we really want to. But you learn that anything that you force open, you have to keep open. You have to sustain it. It's exhausting. It'll kill you. Right. You'll just reach a point where you're like you'll just, you'll just cave and you'll you'll go into a, a probably a different kind of desert yeah, at that point for sure. The the rebellion desert or the the desert that you didn't have trust and faith. So God has to take you. That one's a lot harder than any
0: any opportunity you chase outside of God's will will end up being a responsibility you have to carry without his anointing. Yes. It's just not worth it.
1: Yeah. It's not worth
0: it. I'd rather wait an extra 10 years Uh until he says now. Yeah. Then force it and have to fight for it in a way I was never meant to, to. I was meant to receive it. Yeah. But if you don't wait to receive what God wants to give, you have to go fight to take yeah. it yourself. Right. And if you fight to take it yourself, then you're gonna have to carry it all by yourself. Yeah. Because it's not in his timing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the preparation desert is actually pretty sweet. Oh. It's the, a gift, the, bro. The rebellion desert. Blah. You don't want that.
0: I don't I don't so, want the punishment.
1: So like be fully be be settled in the preparation desert. Like that's that's a good place to be. Because God, God doesn't have you there because you you rebelled or like, you know, you went your own way or you make your own thing. He has you there because he's preparing you. Mm-hmm. You're just in preparation. Your roots are going down deep. He's wanting to teach you some things. He's wanting to grow and mature and um he's wanting to build that foundation really strong. You're just, you your foundation's getting built. And you're gonna be there are so many times now, like I said, I think about this season, Scottsdale season all the time. Because there's so many times, I'm like, man, I'm glad that I have this, this to stand on. I'm glad that I have this root system because I didn't realize how, how hard this wind was gonna come at me today. Right. <laughs> and the things that you did in the anonymity and the things you did in the preparation, the, the ways that I learned your presence, the ways that I learned your voice, that is coming in real big handy today, you know? and yeah so just embrace it yeah
0: I, i think one of the biggest things one of the wisest reasons to not despise small beginnings is god prepares you to steward something big by handing you something small whether it's a scottsdale whether it's whether you want you dream of playing the guitar but right now, they don't even let you play an instrument. You're, you're number four BGV. God prepares you to faithfully steward something on a larger scale by handing you something on a small scale, and sometimes while no one is watching. And so there's zero reason to resent it. He's doing something in you. And I love to see when... People go through really hard seasons of testing and God brings them to the other side like he did you. And then you see, I remember before you left, I remember one day the Lord saying to me and I said it to you. I said, Cody, a day is coming soon where God entrusts to you a song that will be sung all over the world. Mm. Just remember before he gave it to you, it was sung in heaven Mm. before you lead anyone to sing it. Mm. on the earth but you've proven by passing this test that god can trust you
2: mm.
0: with the soundtrack the song he wants sung on the earth mm. a very specific seasons mm. so you look at some of the songs over the last decade of your life mm. and it isn't they aren't just amazing songs what's amazing in my opinion is they were written at the right time mm. yeah they were a song for a specific season mm. Where God was wanting nothing else. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm in the height of the mega movement and Mm -hmm. kind of getting towards the backside of it, and Mm -hmm. and nothing else Mm -hmm. comes out. And it it was that this is a right now. This isn't just a good song. Mm -hmm. This is a song God asked for right now. Yeah. And that's why he gave it to Cody. Yeah. So I, I. I hope everybody understands. I want you to understand I never ask Cody to do anything (laughs) because he gets asked to do so many things. Um, But I want you to know. And I'm talking to the young him right now. Uh, I may not ask him to do anything for a really, really long time. But I was willing to ask someone I love very, very much who gets asked to do a lot of things to do something for me but it really wasn't for me. I asked him to do it for you. I've been praying for you for months. And I don't know if you'll see this the day it comes out, a month after it comes out, two years after it comes out, but I do know this, that what God said through Cody was meant for you. And I know you heard it and I know it's marked you. What you have seen God do in and through Cody, God is one day going to do through you.
2: Hmm.
0: But the path there may not be easy. Don't give up. I'm seated next to a giant slayer, but I watched him go out into a field all by himself and learn how to throw rocks better than almost anybody in our lifetime. Stay in God's process and take everything God spoke to you through this. Write it down, hold on to it, keep it in your heart because these lessons, just like the the ones we've talked about learning the first three years, these lessons are going to come in handy many, many years from now. Buddy, I love you so much.
2: I love you. Like, I love you so
0: much. And I know you don't necessarily like doing this kind of stuff. I love it. Well.
1: I mean, I love it with you. This is, that, um, there's, this is one of one podcasts. Well, I've <laughs> never done this with a, a big brother before. So this is great.
0: <laughs> Thanks for doing it. Yeah. And I, I've enjoyed spending the whole day with you and, and uh, getting to do this too. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing it.
1: Yeah. Love you.
0: Well, let me pray and will wrap up actually bro will you pray over them sure. just pray over everybody just pray a blessing over them
1: yeah Lord, i thank you for uh the the beautiful person that you made that's listening to this and um i just pray that they would know uh your voice today or they would know your presence uh i pray that all the things that you've spoken to them would be seeds planted in their heart um watered by your word and watered in your presence, Lord, they would sprout up and grow, uh, bear great fruit. And, um, I just thank you for what you've created them for. I thank you that they have a plan that you have a plan, that they have a purpose and, um, God, that you have, you have a plan laid out and right in front of them. And I just pray that they would learn to trust you in that. that they would learn to, uh, and that they would just have an understanding that, that you've got them and that uh, you have great, great ways that you're going to use them uh, ultimately to share your love and to build your kingdom. And so I just thank you. We bless, we bless them, we bless them today. Um, you bless them today. Yeah. Uh, I just pray that they would, they would just know how to walk with you, that they would learn uh, the rhythms of your presence and your voice. Uh, that's all they need. Mm-hmm. That's all they need in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit. I trust the Holy Spirit spoke to you through this. I enjoyed it. I always enjoy getting to hear God speak through people I love, especially. So thanks for being with us. Can't wait to see you next week.
2: Love you. God bless you.